0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Nine Yards. My name is Luke Lendler, and it's been a long time since I've recorded one of these, eh? I haven't talked to you folks since week two of the NFL season, and since then, the playoff race has been heating up in the National Football League, which, as you may have guessed, will be the subject of today's episode. We'll be focusing on the playoff race in the AFC, which is a complicated one, with the top nine teams all being two games over 500 at least, and one team being undefeated and another team only having one loss. We'll jump right in, and I'll start with that undefeated team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are off to their best start since 1979. That year, they went 14-2 and won Super Bowl 13. A big part of their success this year has been the breakout season of rookie Chase Claypool, who was drafted out of Notre Dame last spring. Claypool has 444 reception receiving yards, 5 receiving touchdowns, and 2 rushing touchdowns this entire season. But of course, delivering him the ball has been Ben Roethlisberger, the veteran QB, back this year after a shoulder injury, and so far he's played well, throwing for 18 touchdowns and only 4 interceptions. Although, in last week's game against the Dallas Cowboys, a low hit in the fourth quarter of the game saw him leave with knees. I'm not joking. Both of his knees were injured, and that's what he is listed on the injury report as, being injured with knees. On the ground, they've had a balanced attack, but mostly their running has been from James Conner, the player from the former Pitt running back and Pittsburgh favorite has rushed for 520 yards so far this season and five touchdowns. If you've been watching any Sealer games, you'll notice he's been bouncing outside of the tackles a lot, something he wasn't doing as much last year, and that could be a big part to the success of the team. Because Mike Tomlin knows that Ben Roethlisberger can't sling it like he once did, the, coach, the offensive coaching staff is doing a great job of maintaining the momentum of the game, never letting the other team get too far ahead, and always dominating time of possession. And that's really been the Steelers' record for su- recipe for success so far this season. And it's worked. They're 8-0. On the defensive side, T.J. Watt, brother of J.J., has been lights out this season and is an early candidate for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He already has seven sacks through eight games and 13.5 and tackles for loss. Top five in the NFL this year. For my final record and seed prediction for this squad, I'm I'm going to be aggressive and say 14-2. and two. That'll be the best record in the NFL since the 15-1 and one Carolina Panthers way back in the year of Super Bowl 50. And I think they could even do better than that. I'm going to be conservative and say that I can see the Steelers losing to the Ravens probably and splitting that season series and maybe dropping another game where they were expected to win, possibly against Buffalo or maybe Cincinnati. The Chiefs have been... Frankly, just as good as the Steelers this season, aside from one bad loss to Las Vegas in Week 5. The offense has been clicking on all cylinders, and their average margin of victory is 11 points, the highest in the league. Former MVP Patrick Mahomes is playing like an MVP this season, and so far he's thrown for 2,687 yards, 25 touchdowns, and one interception. On the ground, first-round pick Clyde Edwards-Hilaire started the season with a lot of promise, setting rookie rushing records in Week 1, but since then he's quite slowed down. He has 586 total yards, but only two touchdowns since that Week 1 breakout game. In terms of pass catching, Travis Kelsey has been the star of the show, as he is often. His 769 passing yards so far this season rank first among average tight ends, and his six touchdowns, which is also first among average tight ends, is actually third in the league among all pass catchers. Andy Reid has done a good job this year keeping this, keeping the offensive play calling different than it has been in la- in past years which is really which has been a problem for another team on this list the Baltimore Ravens but I'll get to them in a second. I think their final record will be 14 and 2 as well and there's genuinely a chance they could leapfrog Pittsburgh especially considering the only tough games they have left to play is at Tampa Bay and at New Orleans. I think they will lose at least one of those and knock them to 14-2, and two, but don't be shocked if they end the season as the number one seed. This has the potential to be the best AFC just in terms of win percentage that we've ever seen. And the right now the third seed in the playoffs is the Buffalo Bills. Similar to the Steelers, they're also in their best start since before the turn of the century, 1992. Quarterback Josh Allen is playing like an MVP. He's thrown for 2,587 passing yards and 19 pass touchdowns, while, and this is huge, limiting his interceptions to only five. That was the biggest concern for the Wyoming man heading into this season, is how he would respond to the increased pressure and how he would take care of his interception problem that had been bugging him for the past couple seasons. I have to imagine the addition of Stefan Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings during the offseason has been massive in the QB's development. Diggs is leading the NFL in receiving yards, but he only has has three touchdowns because most of the touchdowns have been scored by Allen. He's rushed for, for four touchdowns already and like I said, passed for 19. That leaves him with a top five total touchdowns in the NFL so far. He's playing well and it's clear that On the offensive side of the ball, the dynamic play of Allen has been key to the Bills' success. Despite the fact that his rushing touchdown numbers are up, his rushing attempt numbers are down from last year. And that's huge because Allen has that card left to play and that's the biggest part of it. Is that he isn't forced to run on these plays because his arm has gotten better and they strike fear into other teams with their pass catchers like Diggs. In terms of probably the only disappointment on this Buffalo team so far, Devin Singletary, who was supposed to be their lead rusher even with Allen having good legs, has only scored one touchdown so far and rushed for 386 yards. For my final record prediction, I'm going to give them 13-3. and They'll also do really well over the last stretch of the season, but their only loss will be to Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football. Other than that, I wouldn't expect them to drop any other games. Moving on to the current AFC South leaders, the Tennessee Titans. They had a, quite a large COVID outbreak after their week three win over Minnesota, and that kept, from, that kept them from playing again for a whole 17 days. That didn't seem to slow the offense down, though, and Ryan Tannehill has already thrown for 1,900 yards, 19 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Great stats from a guy who's in previously in his career, been known as a game manager. Frankly, he's having some open passes because of the fear of the run game from Derek Henry. Henry already is on track for 1,600 yards, uh, and he's already scored eight touchdowns in this season so far, which would break his touchdown record of last season. In terms of catching the ball, A.J. Brown has 457 yards and six touchdowns, which isn't where the receiver would want to be at this point in the season, I, I feel, but I think it's hard to argue with six touchdowns. In terms of disappointments, this Tennessee Titans defense and pass rush especially has been quite bad. In just the last game before this recording, they were blown out by Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, and they couldn't break past Cincinnati's backup offensive line. That's right. The Bengals were starting all five backups for their offensive line that day, which was already considered one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and Tennessee had zero sacks. Jadavion Clowney, their big money free agent signing, has been a part of that disappointment. He only has 15 total tackles and zero sacks through these eight games, and he already has three tackles for a loss, which isn't a lot. For my final prediction, I think they will be the worst division winner at 10 and 6. I don't trust their pass rush at all. And I doubt if and I doubt that Jadavion Clowney is gonna pick up any momentum going forward. Derrick Henry seems to be their saving grace for now, but as the schedule gets a little bit tougher, I think it'll be interesting to see how Ryan Tannehill adapts to the better defenses and better secondaries. Although, I do think they will sweep the Colts. I can see this team losing their focus down the stretch and dropping three straight in weeks 15, 16, and 17 to Detroit, Green Bay, and Houston, while also losing to Baltimore in week 11. Speaking of Baltimore, they've actually played pretty well this year, despite the fact they're not winning their division. They've won all the games they were expected to. They've only lost against Kansas City and Pittsburgh. But just because of the dominance of Pittsburgh's defense and running game so far this season, they're second place in the AFC North. Seriously, this AFC, it has the potential to be the best AFC we've ever seen. There could be two 14-2 teams. There could be a 13-3 Buffalo Bills, a 13-3 Baltimore Ravens, and every other team in the playoffs having a win margin of at least two. The Ravens offense clearly runs through Lamar Jackson, and although his passing stats of 1,500 yards, 12 DDs, and 4 interceptions match what he had through 8 games last year, his rushing stats are extremely diminished, and that could be the telling of why the offense has taken a step back this year. Other defenses around the league have seemed to have figured out the Ravens' game plan before every week. The Ravens run triple option a lot and read option, and other teams seem to be prepared for that this year as opposed to last year. So it it will be interesting to see if any other teams could spring in upsets over the second half of the season. I don't think it'll happen, and I think their final record will be 13-3, strictly because of their extremely high-talented defense that's already forced 2.2 fumbles per game, which is number one in the NFL, and their good coaching in Harbaugh. Another R team, the Raiders, are doing better than expected this year, and their big win over Kansas City in Week 5 was a huge bright spot for the offense especially. Derek Carr is having a bit of a renaissance, throwing for 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. On the ground, Josh Jacobs has already rushed for 588 yards and six touchdowns, on pace to break both his yardage and his touchdown numbers from last year. Receiving the ball, it's just Renaissance City out here. Nelson Aguilar, yes, that Nelson Aguilar, has already caught five touchdowns for this Las Vegas squad and over 347 yards receiving. It really seems like the move away from Philadelphia has improved his career a lot, and he could be looking at a big contract in the next offseason window. For my final predicted record for the Vegas Raiders, I think they go 10-6. and They have a pretty easy schedule from here on out, but I do think they'll split with Denver and lose to Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. I'm sorry Raiders fans, you just won't sweep the second best team in the league. The Dolphins are another team doing better than expected, and also in the playoff hunt. The big money they spent in free agency over the offseason seems to be t- paying off. And despite some turnover issues with and despite some turnover issues in his first game, first round pick 2 Tagovailoa Bailoa is playing decently well. Through 3 games, he's thrown for 350 yards, 3 touchdowns. That's pretty good numbers. Miles Gaskin on the ground, the the rookie from Washington has rushed for 387 yards and 2 touchdowns. The touchdown number isn't great, but the ground yardage is all they want in a balanced attack. Devontae Parker is their number one receiver, and he's gone for 431 yards so far, which is surprising considering, unlike their running game, their passing game seems to flow through him. The fact that he doesn't have more yards is a little bit concerning if I was a Dolphins fan. He's also caught three touchdowns, which is an okay number, but if I was a Dolphins fan, I would wish it was more. Honestly, as fun as they are to watch sometimes with two as a rookie, there isn't really one thing this team does exceptionally well, and out of all of the teams in the wild card hunt, they definitely have the hardest schedule. So while I do think they'll pick up an easy win against the Jets, all of their other games look pretty tough for the squad. They play multiple teams of winning records and a Cincinnati team that could be getting some momentum going late in the season. I think if they do manage to make the playoffs this year, Brian Flores is going to be coach of the year, even over Tomlin, because the talent he has on that roster compared with the schedule they have A playoff berth would be a a surprise for me, despite how well they started. So I think their final record will be 7-9. Another playoff contending team with the same record of 5-3 is the Cleveland Browns. Now the team from East Ohio came into the year with pretty high expectations. And although they started 4-0, since then it's been a bit of a letdown. They've gone 1-3, and they've lost their number one receiver and best player on the roster, Odell Beckham Jr. to an ACL injury that will take him out for at least the rest of the season and possibly the start of next year. Baker Mayfield has been okay. He's thrown for 1500 yards, 15 TDs and a high number of seven interceptions. On the ground though, the Browns have been pretty good. Nick Chubb has only played in four games but, um only played in four games because of injury, but he, already, but he already has rushed for 335 yards as well as four touchdowns. Their backup running back, and frankly somebody who's just as good as Chubb, Kareem Hunt, has rushed for 529 yards on the ground and has seven total TDs, three rushing and four catching. In the receiving game, though, their listed receivers haven't been great. Jarvis Landry is supposed to be the right-hand man to Odell Beckham Jr., and he's only caught 419 yards and zero touchdowns. I know I've been flaming them a little bit here, and they do have a depleted roster, but I think their final record is going to be 9-7. and They have a pretty easy schedule from here on out, and when I say pretty easy, I mean E-Z. They play games against both New York teams, Houston, and Jacksonville. Those should all be wins, and they also play one against Philadelphia that, frankly, is a toss-up to me. So I think they'll finish with a 9-7 and record and sneak into the last playoff spot. And if they don't win that game, Baker Mayfield's job could be in jeopardy. Now, on to the last team that's listed in the playoff hunt as a top nine team in the conference, the Indianapolis Colts. They had pretty good wildcard expectations this year, especially with the wildcard being expanded, but their season looks to be a little bit on the ropes. After starting the season poorly, Phillip Rivers had a great second half versus Cincinnati, and he seemed to have found a stride since. He's thrown for 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. On the ground, rookie Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin has already rushed for four touchdowns and also has 416 yards total. A big disappointment on the ground, though, is Marlon Mack, who is supposed to be part of the twin-headed dragon with Taylor, all has only played in one game and has one rush for 24 yards. In terms of receiving, Zach Pascal, um, who seems to have come out of nowhere before the season, has 300 yards and two touchdowns. I know that's not great numbers, but it's the best-receiving numbers on the Colts. Over the second half of the season, they play the Titans twice, Green Bay, and the Steelers. And although they have games against Houston, Las Vegas, and Jacksonville, I think they'll lose five. And so that pushes them out of the playoffs, and Phillip Rivers' career probably in jeopardy, considering he's on a one-year contract. I don't think the Colts are going to make it this year. And to round back the entire point... This is my predicted playoff standings. The Steelers are first, the Chiefs are second, the Buffalo Bills are third, the Titans are fourth, the Ravens are fifth, the Raiders sixth, and the Browns seventh. The Dolphins and the Colts both miss out because of tough schedules over the second half. I think the Steelers will get their first round bye, obviously, and the Chiefs will play the Browns and absolutely slaughter them. The Chiefs will move on. The Bills will play the Raiders, which will be a good game, but the Bills have already proven this year that they can beat Las Vegas, and I think that will ring true. That will be a victory for the Bills. The Ravens and the Titans are playing, and although they do play later in the season, I think that Baltimore is going to come out on top of, on in that one, leaving us with the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Ravens as the top four teams. I think the Steelers beat the Ravens and get the better of their division rivals, while the Chiefs beat the Bills because they've proven they can do that already this year. In the AFC Championship, this is probably the biggest toss-up of the year, but I do trust Patrick Mahomes a little bit more deeper into the playoffs than Roethlisberger. So I'm, starly, I'm sorry, Steelers fans, but it doesn't look like you're going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Maybe pick a quarterback in the first round, and you will for years to come. Because Tomlin, especially if the Steelers make it to the conference championship, will be the best candidate for coach of the year, in my opinion. And that concludes today's episode of All Nine Yards. It's glad to be back. I had a lot of squirks. That's why I couldn't really keep up with the podcast. But trust me, we will be back. Episodes every week, previewing, reviewing, whatever the listeners want me to talk about, it's all open. I might have some people come on. Trust me, this is the prime time of the NFL season, and it'll be the prime time for this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Wear a mask, stay safe, and goodbye.